Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another edition of After Hours with Tifo and Luby, Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby, Lubitz, all across the universe uh, with our podcast on the Believe Networks. And it's very interesting. Alubi had returned to his psychotic self and uh, behavior that <laughs> most people would consider to be abnormal, if not highly unusual, if not even bordering on criminal <laughs> in nature. Watching uh, the Miami Heat last night against the Boston Celtics. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because while the Phoenix Suns, who uh, played in the uh, later half of that double header that was broadcast on ESPN and beat the Golden State Warriors, who were taking a nosedive Ooh. as if they were on the uh, top of the Acapulcan Cliffs uh, in recent games. Of course, uh, doing a lot of that without Steph Curry and uh, various injuries, but nonetheless, no longer uh, even near the top uh, of the Western Conference. And the Phoenix Suns are on cruise control there. The Eastern Conference is a bloodbath right now. Yep. Going to the wire to see who's going to be where and who's going to dodge playing the uh, maybe. Uh, you know, kind of serendipitous Brooklyn Nets who, who have things uh, maybe in order at the right time of the season. Joining us right now, and this guy, I don't know if he broke in when Renan Auerbach was around, but he's been around the NBA forever and currently is the editor for Heavy.com, the NBA editor. Uh, one of our good friends here uh, over the many years we've been broadcasting, Sean Devaney, joins us here on the show. Sean, how are you, my friend? I'm, I'm doing well. My, my first MVP vote was for uh, George Mikan, so that's nice. just, that's, that's just funny. <laughs> good for you. You fit right in with us. And from Minneapolis, yeah. Uh, I wait. I mean, it's it's great. Let, let's you know. I mean, uh, last year we saw the Suns. Let, let's just uh, take care of the West here first. Uh, and there are some interesting issues that might evolve there, including whether or not the Lakers make the playoffs uh, at all, which is kind of unusual to think of a LeBron James led team where he was having a borderline, if not MVP season. Uh, not not even making the postseason when they're allowing more teams in than ever. It's almost like the <laughs> NHL right now. But uh, the Suns are one of those teams that knocked on the door last year. I mean, they had a 2-0 lead in the finals of the eventual champion Milwaukee Bucks before losing the next four straight uh, when it looked like they had things well in hand. Uh, and, and we've seen this so many times historically in the NBA where a team knocks on the door and then ultimately climbs over the top and wins a championship, if not the very next year, then, then soon thereafter. Are the Suns that team? I mean, is everybody playing for second place this year? Because uh, they're light years ahead of everybody else or so, it seems, in terms of record and the way that they perform consistently throughout the season. Yeah, they they, they certainly seem to be a team that that took the lessons from last year and, and, and really built on them. Um, you know, I think you still have Milwaukee as, as a real threat to them uh, uh, in the East. But, uh, you know, out West, I don't think that there's anybody who, who quite matches up with them. Um, you know, when you look at the ages, I think that's the big thing. If you had, uh, you know, Bridges uh, at 24 last year, Cam Johnson at 24 last year, Devin Booker was 24 last year, uh, DeAndre Ayton is 21-22 last year. Uh, you know, all those guys, you know, that, that that's kind of young to be uh, in the finals and expect to win a championship. But you get that year and you go through it and you come back the next year 
at, you know, 24, 25, and, and you've got that experience level now, uh, you know, that's, 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 that's really a difference maker. So, um, you know, Chris Paul obviously is the, uh, uh, the head of the snake there, as they say, but uh, I think the, the, the experience that all those young guys got in last year's finals, I think that's what you're seeing uh, in, in terms of how they're carrying themselves this year, uh, and that's, that's what's going to make them uh, the clear, clear favorite. Uh, in the for the for the whole uh, uh, the whole enchilada uh, in June. Sean, and this is After Hours, Diffon Luby here at the Believe Network, talking with Sean Devaney, NBA editor for Heavy.com, and he's been in, covering the league a long time. Been uh, honored to have him with us for years. He's been uh, helping us talk about the NBA. So the NBA, going back, you t- you joked about Mike, and it's always the young team has to fight hard and show some might, and then they finally get over it. You saw it with the Pistons. You saw it with the Bulls. You've seen it more recently with the Warriors, and even the Heat, that first year of the Big Three, struggled that first year to get beat the Mavs and then went on and won two of the next three championships. The Grizzlies are really strange to me because... They seem to be skipping steps here. They're in the top three in the West. Without their their best player, who's probably a top 10 player in the league, Jim John Moran, he's definitely a top three in excitement factor. They're as good with or without him, which is very freaking weird, for especially for a young team. But it's still so hard for me as a guy who's watched the league my entire life to believe in them, even though they have everything. They play defense, they have size, they can shoot the ball, they have a real star, they have compliment, they have anything you'd want in a team. But when I look at them in the standings, I'm like, eh, it's the Suns and then the East, or the Suns and maybe the Warriors. Like, where are you with the Grizzlies? How much faith do you have in them to actually be a, you know, to be in the side of these Suns? Yeah, you know, I think I think it's 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 similar to where Phoenix was last year. You know yeah. that yep. that um, that they're certainly they're they're lacking that that Chris Paul factor for sure. Yes, uh, but you know you've got uh, uh, you've got a lot of guys who are twenty two, twenty three years old. Uh, and haven't been through the wars, you know, Morant is 22, Darren Jackson uh, is 22. Um, you know, these, these are key players for them who haven't been through this before, who haven't gone to, gone to the playoffs at all, uh, let alone into a deep playoff run. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a very important uh, postseason for them. Um, you know, if they get a tough matchup in that first round, uh, and wind up losing, that's, that's going to be really, really tough for them to bounce back from. If they can cruise uh, and get themselves to the, uh, to the Western Conference Finals, you know, then you're looking at something where, okay, maybe we can take a step up next year uh, and, uh, and, and get that maturity level. Uh, but right now, I'm with you. Like, I just, you know, I, I think they're a great story. I think the way they play defense, the intensity they play with, uh, that, that's all been great. Uh, but they've done that. You know, one of the things that happens with the young teams a lot, too, is that they start doing it in October. You know, they play, they start winning some games, they're excited. Uh, they're going to play all out uh, from October uh, all the way through April. Uh, and then you get to May, and everybody's playing at that level now. You know, everybody's matching your intensity. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're saying, well, wait, this was working in, in January. It's not working now. Uh, so I could definitely see that with them, that, that they're going to have to learn you know how to pace themselves a little bit. That's part of, of being in the NBA, um, and uh, and and I think that's one thing that that uh, I think will hold them back in the playoffs. Sean Devaney is the NBA editor for Heavy dot com with us here on After Hours with Defoe and Luby on the Believe Network. Uh, all right, I would imagine out of curiosity, uh, being an NBA guy, NBA writer for so many years, uh, you might have checked out uh, a little of Winning Time. Speaking of the Lakers. 
because uh, I, I don't know that we really need to discuss, uh, you know, what their chances are winning the championship. Obviously, if they had uh, Anthony Davis back and a healthy uh, LeBron, maybe Westbrook gets it together, they, they might pose some kind of threat or might not be a desirable matchup in the first round, even as a very low seed. But uh, have you seen Winning Time on, uh, what is that, HBO? Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, have you I seen watched, any of that? I, I think mean, it's Showtime. I think mean, it's Showtime. Yeah, you know, I, 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 oh, no, no, it is HBO. HBO you're Max. Right, right. HBO Max. Uh, you know, HBO, all right. That's right, HBO Max. Right, right. I, you know, I watched the first one, and my feeling was, like, you know, I, I – I, I knew a lot of the people who were in it and I was kind of yes. watching it. And I was going like, that's not how that guy's like, you know, that's not what Jerry West is like. Jerry West wouldn't, Jerry West wouldn't throw a trophy through a window. That's, that's not, I mean, he's a, he's a, a tightly wound guy, but he does not do stuff like that. He wouldn't even, you know, Jerry West wouldn't even have his own MVP trophy. Certainly not in his office. It's probably a, uh, in a, in a box in an attic somewhere if I know him. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I just found the whole thing to be kind of cartoonish. And, and I, that kind of turned me off. Like, you know, especially after watching the last dance with, with the Jordan. And obviously that was a documentary, it's a different sort of thing, but you know, it was real and it was gripping. And I thought that you could have told the Lakers story in a real way, it didn't have to be turned into, you know, this cartoon thing at the, at the Playboy Ring, all, all that stuff. You know, I, I, I thought they could have done it much different. So I really, I watched the first one I haven't watched. I haven't gone back and watched the other one yet. Bad hairpiece on the actor that plays Jerry West. And, uh, you know, I, I'm with you, Sean, because uh, I had right uh, like a brief contact with Jerry West when I was covering sports in L.A., uh, you know, and, uh, you know, around the time when the Showtime Lakers were first uh, getting off the ground. And, uh, you know, a couple of things that struck me. I mean, uh, Jerry West could not have been that big of an overt asshole. I mean, uh, seems impossible to conceive of. And, and then, uh, you know, the, the portrayal of Pat Riley, I mean, he literally looked like Bobcat Goldthwaite in that scene in the movie Blow with Johnny Depp when he did the line of cocaine and he says, I can't feel my face. And you're thinking Pat Riley was, you know, uh, shortly about to become uh, like uh, the biggest celebrity in Los Angeles as this uh, slick down and, uh, you know, well-suited, uh, you know, coach, dynamic coach of the Showtime Lakers. He could not have been that far away from that, you know, when he was hustling around, uh, you know, as uh, whatever they portrayed him as the video coordinator and, uh, you know, about to become the radio color analyst with Chick Hearn. And they also made Chick Hearn out to be a jerk. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, Chick Hearn could not have been a any more. I, I, I had a chance to interview him uh, many times, and uh, he could not have been more of a gracious uh, and humble uh, human being. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's true that Pat Riley was the traveling secretary for that team before he took that radio job and then and then got the, uh, you know, assistant coaching job. Uh, but that doesn't mean he was a schmuck, you know? And, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, it's it, 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 you know, carry it. Yeah, I mean, if I if I were a traveling secretary in the NBA, uh, I'd certainly be a little offended. <laughs> you know, just because that's your job, you've got to you've yeah. got to be that's that that's how you've got to carry yourself. Uh, I, I don't think that's quite true. No, it would be hard to imagine that he evolved that quickly into yeah. uh, you know the uh, yeah you know absolutely uh, you know uh, superhuman. Uh, figure that that he became there in Los Angeles, uh, one of the most popular guys, uh, you know, ever to walk the sidelines uh, in NBA history. Uh, all right, uh, let's move to the East now. Uh, we've asked this question of other analysts that we've had on our shows, uh, and we also have a show on uh, Ion Channel. We'd love to have you on that. 
uh, 7 to 9 in the morning, a little live action uh, going uh, with audio and video streaming. So we're hoping you can make an appearance there uh, sometime in the future. But we've been asking, I mean, uh, the Heat now, after beating the Celtics last night, are once again uh, by a game over Milwaukee and uh, two over Philadelphia and Boston, the best team in the East. But Sean Devaney of Heavy.com, are they the best team in the East in actuality? I, 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 I still think Milwaukee has everyone right where they want them. And, and you know, I think Milwaukee's been sort of slow and steady throughout the year. I think, uh, you know, when you look at what their pattern has been, uh, you know, I mentioned before that you get these teams that go 100 miles an hour and then they, they slow down in the playoffs. That was Milwaukee before last year. They, they really changed their approach last year uh, and, and, and got themselves playing their best basketball uh, in the spring rather than in the dead of winter. Uh, and I think that's what they're doing again. And, and I think that, uh, you know, true holiday has been fantastic. You know, Middleton is a little bit of a wild card, but we saw how important he was in the playoffs last year. Uh, and then of course you've got Giannis. Uh, I just think that's the best group. I think that's the best, most consistent, most reliable group. They know what they're doing. Uh, their experience, uh, it, to me, it's still Milwaukee and everybody else, uh, you know, now among the everybody else, uh, you know, I think you've got the Heat, the Sixers, uh, and the Celtics uh, in that in that next group, uh, and then you've got the Nets sort of off on their own <laughs> as, as who knows what's going on with them. Uh, but you know, when you look at that that second group, you know, the the, the, the Sixers, I I think the Sixers already have been sort of figured out. I think that, that that teams have already figured out that, hey, we can collapse the paint on these guys and they can't shoot. Uh, so I'm not that sold on the Sixers. Uh, the Celtics lost Robert Williams. We'll see if he can come back, but he's huge for what they do. Uh, that injury, I think, knocks them down. So, you know, I think you start with the Bucks, then you've got everybody else. I'd have the Heat, though, at the top of everybody else. I think what they do in their depth, um, I think uh, uh, I think that's going to be key. So um, I, I think it's Bucks, and then uh, uh, next up, I'd have uh, uh, I'd have Miami. What do you do, Sean? With because you you sort of intimated about the Nets, and that's the thing is the the Nets look they proved it this past weekend. They annihilated the Heat. Now the Heat sort of tinkered with their lineup, and it seems like that was a total failure. The last two games they've gone back to the lineup that worked all year, and they look like the team that was coasting. Um, but the Nets caught them at the right time and pounded them. And then the next game at home, they got annihilated. So that's sort of where the Nets are, where they're a scary team to play, depending on the night. What do you do with the rest of the East? Like, you have a Hawks, you have the Bulls, you have the Cavs, where it's funny, the East used to be this garbage conference. Yeah, the, the top is interesting, but the bottom's not pushovers. Like, it feels like there's no where, yeah. like, when the Heat were good in, the, in that run, you had an automatic maybe one-to-two series where you just were going to win. It doesn't feel like any series yeah. is an automatic right now in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I mean, when you've got the the, the, the 10 seed, the, the Hawks, who would be the last team in, uh, on the on the play-in, uh, they're over 500. You know, they're 39 and 37. <laughs> Pretty good roster. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if, if that's the case, then yeah, obviously the Heat. Uh, I'm sorry, the uh, the East up up and down uh, is uh, is is really just head and shoulders above the West. Um, I'm not that afraid of Charlotte. I'm not that afraid of Atlanta. Even uh, Cleveland is the number seven seed, and, and you know they have had a nice season, but you know, they're one of those teams that that, that chugged along and overachieved. Uh, they've had some injuries that they've had 
difficulty dealing with. So, you know, those three teams don't really scare me. Even Chicago doesn't scare me. Um, you know, I think they had their moment early on, but uh, injuries and, uh, um, and and they were playing above their heads. So I, 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 I scratched them off too. Uh, you know, Brooklyn, like I say, they're sort of in a, uh, in a separate category. I think the team that probably scares me the most out of the bottom teams would be Toronto. Uh, they've really played well uh, over the last month, month and a half. Um, you know, they've got a lot of experience playing together. Uh, they've had guys who have been on the on, on championship teams on that 2019 team. So, you know, Toronto's probably, if I'm, if I'm looking at, the, uh, you know, one of the top four seeds, I don't want Brooklyn, obviously. I don't think I want Toronto in that first round either. You know, they're, they're really playing. They're, they're hitting their stride uh, at the right time of year. What'd you think of uh, Spolstra's uh, clipboard toss? Because uh, he, he didn't have anything in his hand hey. uh, when he uh, first got angry, and I, I, I think he asked like uh, hey, one of the assistant coaches there, to, you know, Chris Quinn, to, to hey, give me something, anything that I can throw. Give me something I got to throw, something here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think with with him, you know, he's been through this enough times that I kind of have have faith that he knew what he was doing when he did it. Uh, and, uh, you know, that organization is just like that, you know, like, like they know when to have a blow up. And, and I think that's, uh, uh, that, that, that's been shown over the years. Um, yeah, it's been a tough, as good as they've been, it's been a tough year for them. You know, I mean, it's a number of injuries, the guys coming in and out, uh, you know, guys coming out of nowhere two two way contracts, uh, you know, it, it's been a difficult year. Uh, and I think there probably needed to be a release valve at some point, uh, and it's probably good to have it, you know, in late March rather than in, in mid-May. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I, I, I thought uh, you know, this team would probably do for something like that, uh, just just given all that it's gone through, uh, like I say, the injuries, the guys coming in and out and all that stuff. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I think that uh, uh, we're in the recovery phase now. We're in the scarring phase. The wound has healed, and now it's time for the scarring. And I, and I think uh, uh, that's where we'll go through the rest of the year, and, and I think they'll be fine once the playoffs come around. All right, who's your uh, MVP, if you had to name one today, which I, I guess people do have to name one today. Yes, sir, uh, yes, I would sir, imagine yeah. the ballots are uh, just about due. Yeah, you know, I, I you know, uh, obviously Embiid uh, is, is there. Jokic is there. Um, I'd probably have Embiid one. Uh, you know, Jokic, look, it seems not that good. You know, I mean, if he's a sixth seed in the West, uh, I just can't see that being your MVP, even though his numbers have been fantastic and we know uh, what he's done. Um, you know, I, I, I'd have to have him beat one and probably Giannis, too. I think uh, the fact that Giannis has won, won the last couple, that, uh, uh, that that makes people less likely to vote for him just because, um, you know, my, my, my brethren in the media get a little bored of voting for the same guy. But, uh, you know... <laughs> He's done, he's done the same thing. So, you know, I, I, you know, I, I don't know that, that, that your board of means he can't win it again. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I, I, I have Embiid and, and, and Giannis uh, right now as my one-two. Uh, like I say, I, I, a lot of people throwing Jokic in there, and I understand why. The numbers are great. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's the team stuff matters. And, 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 you know, this is an MVP vote, uh, and that team's just not that good. Well, and it's funny, it feels like uh, this gentleman that I'm about to reference falls into that Jokic category, but he's actually never won an MVP. Like, Luka was such a big story the last two years that people have just forgotten about him, 
but he has no talent around him. Like Spencer Dinwiddie is not a second star on a a third a third seed team. Like it's not. Like the Grizzlies have a, a lot more talent on their roster than the Mavs do. Yeah, and Luca is uh, averages nearly a triple double in like LeBron fashion, and no one even talks about him. Like, yeah, he'll be a top six guy. Yeah, but it's Embiid and Jokic, Jokic and Embiid. Luca's had the same season, and his team's better than maybe. Both of them. <laughs> like, it's just funny yeah. that, and you're not wrong. I forgot about Luca too until last week. I heard someone say the same thing, and I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, that's true. What about Luca? Yeah, <laughs> right. I, no, and I, right, but I, I'd agree that he's a top five. I, I don't think I'd probably, probably have him in the top uh, two, though. You know, I'd probably have him a notch down. But, um, you know, you're right in that he's kind of like the, the, the victim of his own. Uh, uh, of his own expectations, you know, because everybody expected him to come in this year and really be an MVP candidate, uh, and, and and it didn't happen right away. That you know that that that's something that that is, is is being used against him now. I think there's some validity to that though too. That you know he came in, he was not in good shape. I mean, it was obvious. You could see the way the uniform fit him. Uh, he, he was tugging at it a little bit because, <laughs> because he had, his torso was a little, was a little lar- enlarged. Uh, so, you know, he was not in good shape. Uh, and, 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 you know, here at the end of the year, is it fair to use that against him? I think so, because we're voting, uh, you know, on 82 games, you know, we're not voting on, on how he's played in the last, uh, uh, in the last couple of months. So, you know, if he gets dinged for that, you know, maybe it's something where he says, uh, you know, I should probably do some jogging in the offseason this time. Uh, and uh, and it comes back in better shape, you know. So, yeah, I, I agree that he's definitely top five. Uh, but I do think that that conditioning stuff from the early part of the year, uh, I think that's something that, that, that dings him and probably should and, and hopefully changes it next year. Is the NBA editor for Heavy.com, Sean Devaney, longtime NBA writer and uh, contributor in many ways on uh, all uh, kinds of NBA material. Uh, all right. Uh, do you follow uh, the college baskets at all? Are you so immersed in NBA that uh, you haven't uh, had a chance to witness much at a tournament? Obviously, we're going to see some future NBA stars uh, performing in the Final Four. Do you have an opinion, Sean Devaney, on the Final Four and uh, a team that you think is going to win it all? Yeah, I mean, I you know, I'd I'd I'd, I'd pull for Duke, you know, just because, uh, um, you know, I know a lot of people don't like Duke and don't like Coach K much, but uh, uh, I'm not one of them. I you know, I I I, I like Coach K. Uh, I dealt with him at the Olympics, uh, uh, 2012 and 2016, and uh, and and you know, really enjoyed being around him. Uh, so I'm I'm kind of rooting for him here, you know, to to, to finish things to finish things this way. Um, you know, obviously if they can beat uh, Carolina to get there, it'll be all the sweeter for him. So uh, I'm, I'm I'm probably not what my brain would say, but my uh, uh, my sentimentality uh, would would say uh, let's let's go with Duke uh, uh, to win this thing. Uh, you caught a couple of guys that are just on the opposite side of that whole uh, Blue Devil story. Uh... I'll stop just short of saying that, uh, you know, after the North Carolina loss, uh, you know, we want to see the team bus back up and take out Coach K. But, uh, no, it, it would be a great story <laughs> if it consummated itself uh, with him winning the title. I mean, any sports fan would have to appreciate that. Uh, but we're also wondering if Bill Self, uh, and, and we've debated whether he's wearing a hairpiece or not, we say yes to that, is going to fire that hairpiece <laughs> at the officials at the end of the Duke game if they meet in the championship which uh, we're expecting also because uh, we're giving Villanova no chance 
and, and this is great about, uh, you know, a basketball analysis, right? Everybody's an expert on the NBA when the playoffs roll around, especially as it gets closer to the finals. They know what teams should be doing. And, they're you know, they're actually yeah. doing their own mental coaching as you're watching on TV, even though you hadn't seen a game all year. And, and now we're experts on college basketball, uh, even though, you know, uh, the entire season, well, we weren't even sure that uh, Miami was in the ACC. But <laughs> now we're, we're uh, considering that this Justin Moore loss is going to doom Villanova and that Kansas is going to go all the way. So uh, that, that's our thought on that. Right, Sean, always right. a pleasure. Yes, uh, heavy.com, all kinds of great stuff on the NBA. A very exciting conclusion. I mean, these guys are battling for position like madmen uh, coming down the stretch here in the Eastern Conference. And uh, we'll find out if Phoenix is for real. Uh, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts with us here on After Hours with Tifo and Luby. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate it. All right, Sean Demony. There's like a level-headed guy uh, talking about yes. baskets uh, in the NBA, and yes, not yes, some yes. guy that's just ranting and raving. It's not like we uh, <laughs> brought you Kendrick Perkins. Oh, God. No, yeah. but, uh, you know, very level-headed. Yeah. See, I, I don't know what's going to happen, Louie. I, I, I want to believe in the Phoenix Suns, and, and yet it's funny because, uh, you know, we, we are critical of people that, that won't, don't want to believe in a couple of teams that, that we think are going to prosper in the playoffs uh, here locally in in South Florida, including a bet that we have on the Florida Panthers, who haven't won a first-round playoff series since they had that marvelous run in their third year in existence and yep. went to the Stanley Cup Finals before getting swept by the Colorado Avalanche, who were brilliant at the time uh, with, with uh, the great Patrick Wah yes. in net. Uh, and, and since then, they have not won a playoff series, which is pretty amazing. It's I crazy. mean, you're, you're talking about, uh, what, was that 96, 97, something yep, like yep, that? yep, yep. All right, so uh, you're looking 25 at uh, 25 years. years, not one playoff series win. And a sport that lets now, the teams in. played great. What's that? And a sport that lets everyone in, like the percentage yeah. of teams in the playoffs, you should win at least one series over 25 years. By accident, right? You know, the other team that you're playing, maybe you're a lower seed, their key guy is injured, all of a sudden, you know, everything's wide open. Uh, now, they were in tough last year, and they had a very good team, and they had a good season last year. But uh, th this year, they've been they've been top-notch all the way through. Yep. Dynamite record at home, uh, playing well on the road, scoring a lot of goals, and they got uh, goaltending uh, back to a level where you think, okay, they can overcome a few flaws that they have uh, possibly defensively. And, and yet we have a buddy that, that bet us that they won't win a playoff series, a very expensive <laughs> dinner proposition. <laughs> At a great place in South Florida called uh, Anthony's Runway 84, which is a classic joint down here. Yep. And, uh, you know, this is going to cost this guy, you know, several sticks, I even if the party's as small as four. I mean, we're, we're talking about five, six hundred there. A and he believes they will not win a playoff series. So uh, does the same principle apply to the Suns, who, who have never won it? Uh, what? Did they ever win a, a title? I mean, going back to those years when they had Alvin Adams, Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns, NBA they, championships. Well, they they haven't won one ever. They went to the finals yeah. with Charles Barkley, of course, in the early 90s. And then in the early 2000s, they had the nice run with Nash and Stoudemire. And if not for a fight, they never won it, though. then they probably would have gone to the finals over the Spurs that one year that Stoudemire, I think, got suspended. Um, but they've never won it. And they haven't. And then they had like 20 years of sucking because their owners yeah. are a piece of work. So they've finally gotten to this point. And they're not just a contender anymore. Like, they are the crop, cream of the crop in the NBA. They've been great all year. Been the best team by and far. And even when Chris Paul's gotten hurt, where a guy like me would pick at Booker, I've had to shut up because Chris Paul got hurt and they didn't skip a beat. Like, Booker stepped oh. up and became the leader he wasn't before Paul. 
They're the best team in the NBA. Uh, he, he was lot. not, uh, you know, he was not insignificant in terms of leadership roles. No, but they, they, I mean, they, they leaned on him pretty heavily to, uh, you know, be the the main, you know, catalyst and impetus uh, behind a lot of wins, even with Chris Paul in the lineup, Devin Booker. I, I think he's been great, and, and I think the whole team's been great. Aiton, uh, you know, ha- hasn't been talked about much. Uh, you know, he, he was not the most celebrated. Uh, you know, about, what was he a number one pick overall? Uh, Aiton. Yes, he was a number one pick. Yes. Yep. But he, he fits very well with what they do, and he seems to have uh, adopted uh, the role and adapted to it extremely well uh, that they ask him to play. And, um, you know, with Chris Paul and those mid-range jumpers as a bailout when you're in, you know, late possessions and half-court sets, always good. And Booker, you know, is capable of uh, scoring from anywhere on the floor. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe this is their year. We'll see. Uh, the East, very competitive. So uh, maybe some of the uh, records – are a little deceptive because uh, they've been beating up on each other all year, whereas uh, the Suns have pretty much had a free run. Golden State was hot there for a while. Uh, Memphis is now hot and has been throughout the season, but uh, the closest pursuers to Phoenix, eight and a half back as the standings sit today. Anyway, a lot of fun. Uh, we thank Sean Devaney for joining us here on After Hours. Uh, Mike Luby Lubitz, uh, always great. Uh, you have a terrific day. Uh, thank you, uh, all the people that are downloading the uh, program here and uh, telling their friends about it. You can catch us on I on Channel. It's EYE on Channel. 7 to 9 live uh, Eastern Time every morning. We always have a lot of fun. Tomorrow we'll have our uh, Degenerate Friday show, and uh, that's going to be a hoot. We'll get into the baskets and also the Florida Derby, which will be contested at Gulfstream Park here locally uh, in South Florida and is always a big indicator for uh, who's going to be prosperous on that first Saturday in May. Or uh, maybe you eliminate a few horses from Derby potential. So a big uh, preview of the Kentucky Derby in a three-year-old season coming up uh, in one of the big races on the – on the circuit, and that is the Florida Derby coming up on Saturday. We'll have analysis from Kate and Bradar on our show tomorrow on ION Channel. So check that out. You can Google the Defo Show, D-E-F-O, and find this, uh, you know, and the complete archives. I, I dig that, that they have, like, the complete library. It's like the Library of Congress there. Google, <laughs> nothing ever goes away, and including various indiscretions you might have had in your exactly. lifetime, right? Exactly. Bankruptcies, divorces, foreclosures, it's arrests. It's always right there. All right, that'll do it for us. And, and no matter what, I mean, uh, we're, we're facing a beautiful day here in South Florida. It's just been absolutely uh, grand outside, so I can't wait to get out there get some sunshine. And uh, you know what? I'm always inspired when I'm walking, Luby, and I, I go out there, no headphones, no cell phones, no nothing, just a little meditation and uh, dedication. And, uh, you know, I, I come to the conclusion every day that you got to believe. Hey folks, Tony Segretto here. You know, since day one, Catholic Health Services has been part of old school. And since we've started letting people know about them, it's changed their lives. You see, Catholic Health Services, while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country, it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do, from the doctors to the nurses to the therapist, on and on and on. It's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion unmatched, and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this. If you want the best unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled, caring people, there is truly only one place, and that one place is Catholic Health Services. Recently, we realized it's not just hurricane season that can hurt us. Any time of year, things can happen to your home or business, and the insurance company can be your friend, but they also can be your enemy. Horizon Public Adjusters, Justina Testa, are here for you to help this process go so much easier. Before you call, 
the insurance company. Call Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa at 954-809-8752. Would you go into court without an attorney? So why would you go up against an insurance company without Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa? Seven to ten times more money recovered with a public adjuster than if you went on your own. If there's no recovery, there's no fee, give them a call at 954-809-8752. Why go up against insurance companies alone when you can have Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa on your side? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.